0: In the summer of 2022, two podcasters reaching what they believed was the end of their journey through the Amityville film series, Journey to Texas, who will survive, and what will be happening in Amityville
1: when they return. Welcome back to the Amityville Horror Podcast Texas Season. I'm Tom. I'm Pat. Dan. I just realized that I usually do everything, uh, we usually do it the other way around, where we introduce ourselves first.
0: Oh well, either or. This week know. we are doing that's, Texas
1: Chainsaw Massacre in the Next Generation. That's what I got wrong. That's. I. Yeah, this is gonna be a good one. <laughs> Yeah,
0: we're the, both yeah. We we're both a little out of sorts from the weekend and the last week
1: and whatnot. Yeah, we got a lot of sun. Uh, this uh, originally titled "The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre" when it was uh, released for a very short theatrical run in Japan.
0: Hmm. Probably to fulfill a, con- a production contract, and that's exactly. about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. But then, so this movie was considered so terrible by the uh, the studio of Sony. That uh, it sat on the shelf until the two lead actors in the film, one Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, became surprisingly famous overnight. And lo and behold, we have a movie in the can already with both of them. That's mm-hmm. yeah, a little late to do a theatrical, but straight to video. Oh, no. It, uh, it, it, they, they really, I, I'm pretty they sure did? the oh, shit. said there was uh, a short film. Theatrical run, and uh, or it might have been the IMDb. And like, the thing of it was is like, both Matthew McConaughey and Zay, Renee Zellweger were managed by the same uh, uh, a, a talent agency. And then mm-hmm. when they got wind of this, they were just like, We are got, they will never work for Sony again if you release this piece of garbage. <laughs> and Sony said, Yeah, whatevs, yeah, roll film. This was uh, also, um, we have uh, a bunch of returning people for this one. Uh, not, not like uh, at the, all uh, oh, right. Spoilers for a movie that I have not seen all the way through. I've seen chunks and only the end. Have you ever yeah. watched that and watched this whole thing? I don't think I've all the way through. I've seen clips. Yeah. So I, I've seen the end before which ends in like a, a hospital sequence, and I never knew before. But there are three ca- three original Texas Chainsaw can uh, cameos oh. in that scene. Okay. Uh, like a, a cop is being played by. The uh, the guy that played Grandpa in okay. the original one, who we wouldn't have recognized anyway, yeah, because under he was the makeup, under all the makeup, uh, And orderly is played by Paul Partain Franklin. Okay. And uh, the person on the gurney is Marilyn Burns, ah. who was completely uncredited because I don't, I don't know why she even agreed to do it because like she did not have good feelings about it afterwards. I mean, none no. of her did.
0: yeah. Um.
1: Maybe it had been long enough. Maybe... I have no idea. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to speculate. And uh, even crazier, we have uh, another returning behind the camera. Kim Henkel returns to write and direct this. He had co-written the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And as such, the, uh, the title crawl this, uh, like acknowledges the original movie and then like makes direct reference to... And two seemingly related incidents... In between, it's like yeah. adorable. That's the yeah. that. we're not so, saying they didn't happen. We're not saying yeah. they did happen. Whatever. It is just not our business or our concern. Yeah. Uh, but so like I don't think it's like a full fledged, like the splitting of the uh, the Living Dead series. Mm-hmm. Like you remember, and well for people at home, the uh, George Romero co wrote the Night of the Living Dead with one other guy. Uh, John Russo. Okay, I, I honestly don't know his yeah. name. And uh, so they both had rights to the dead name, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, The movie had entered public domain by accident immediately, which, as Joe Bob, kind of, I feel like he correctly points out, probably was the best thing to happen for the movie because oh yeah, everybody
0: everybody saw saw it It everywhere. It's the same thing that happened with It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, oh really? That fell into the public domain, so every channel around the holidays, especially your UHF stations Uh and whatnot, could just show that and not have to pay anyone. Mm -hmm. So it was a holiday classic that was free to run ad nauseum huh. um, nowadays like the movie itself is in the public domain but any like very nice quality version of it yeah. um, that remaster you is owned by it. term
1: yeah, you can copyright yeah, that if that's, you do something to it.
0: Yeah, that's one of the reasons Ted Turner back originally started colorizing movies is to own a version of it. Oh. Um, and then went back and did restorations beyond his colorization once he realized colorization was a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like that's one of the reasons you'll see, oh, Criterion did a special edition of Ghostbusters or Halloween or Spinal Tap, mm. and why can't we get that version of those features? Criterion owns the bonus materials they did, and a remaster is considered part of the bonus material.
1: Same with The Living Dead. Yeah.
0: Um, they did the remake with uh, Savini mm-hmm. to be able to try and... reclaim a chunk of the rights. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, there's plenty of versions and plenty of merch out there that anybody can make because...
1: Yeah. yeah. And so with the the dawn of with the Night of the Living Dead, George Romero went off to do his dead movies, and uh, the uh, the co writer, the John Russo, uh, went off to make the Return of the Living Dead. Return of the Living Dead. And so mm-hmm. like he was able to actually use the the name Living Dead and right. go off in that. And George Romero did his own thing, or he wasn't because he wasn't allowed to use the name. He it was just dead. Yeah. Well, Dawn of the
0: Dead was before. Return the Living Dead.
1: Well, yeah, but I think that was part of why he—it's called Dawn of the Dead instead of Dawn of the Living Dead. Like, I think the the right the like who got the title, who got to use like the title, was a thing. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, maybe not. Yeah, I it just thought it rolled off the tongue better, but I mean, no argument. The yeah. Dawn of the Dead is perfect in every single way. Yeah, yeah
0: but and, I mean, with all of our franchises because we've come from the Amityville clusterfuck. Did um, we watch a few of those? We watched a few of them and yeah. the rights issues on those
1: are kind of all over the place, but... Oh my God, I was, um, like, the uh, the Joe Bob group text that I'm a part of, like, one of them is, one of the guys is a filmmaker I and mean, he was less like, uh, I referenced, um, Oh, because the Joe Bob movie was the stepfather reference. Mm-hmm. Terry O'Quinn being the stealth bad guy of Amityville, the next generation, the next That's generation, right. and uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, like anybody can make." He's like, "Anybody can make one of those Amityvilles." I think, I, like maybe I'll make one of those Amityvilles, and I started hurling profanities at him. It's <laughs> like I will murder him in the face if he even thinks about it. Damn right. But, anyway. But, so this came... So, uh, this was made in 1995, but not released until 1997. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll go with, you know,
0: the environment it came out of. Yeah. because that is basically on either side of a major turning point in horror. Indeed. 96 was Scream. That was the thing. And Scream was the first movie to basically make old-fashioned... Real ride horror palatable for teenagers again. yeah and like box office success because 95 as you had pointed out uh before we started recording mm-hmm. there was a lot of prestige horror stuff like seven yeah um
1: Congo was big budget horror mm-hmm. uh, i'm not saying it was good uh, uh, no but interview with the vampire uh, yeah. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh duh, 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 duh. But one won't. more in '94. Oh, The Stand. '94. Oh, uh, like, yeah. It's yeah. like not good, but it was an event thing. Yeah. Uh, and it's Stephen King. <laughs> Wes Craven's new nightmare, trying to you know elevate and classify mm-hmm. classy up Honestly, the horror of, movie, and also Wolf. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. Mike Nichols, Elaine May, and obviously Jack Nicholson, James Spader, Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah. like. Um, but that movie got completely trounced because it opened against Forrest Gump, oh, pretty much.
1: And it also was because it's not particularly good. There's that. It's, it's like it's not enough of a werewolf movie to be like a good werewolf movie, but it's not enough of a good drama to be a good drama. Yeah. That said, everybody in that movie is very sexy throughout yeah. the whole thing and as part of why we're never doing the Howling movies as as this season. Yeah. But, but, but at the same time, the yeah. garbage. So much garbage. Yeah. That's the thing like 94 like, like yeah, basically at this point in the
0: 90s, you had Silence of the Lambs showed that there was money to be made in horror. Yeah. And so you had a lot of A-listers willing to like get their toe in.
1: Classy people
0: money. Like, right. like broad appeal money. Mm-hmm. It erased just enough stigma that if you get, like, five or six classy folks together, Mm -hmm. okay, we can make a prestige. In the meantime, you had a lot of medium budget. Throw it at the wall. Like, studios were willing to take a couple more risks... And then completely abandoned them as they got close to release. Um, We still
1: had like a bunch of sequels, like Ghoulies 4, Leprechaun 2. That was only just getting started. And 3 the following year. I'm looking at 95. I'm still on 94 Um, because we had Night of the the Demons 2, Phantasm 3, Pumpkinhead 2, Puppet Master 5. Uh, I mean, New New Nightmare technically is Nightmare 7. And again, I I, I feel like that's the granddaddy of the...
0: I know people hate the term, well, some of them elevated horror. But New Nightmare was one of the, you know, big influences on Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Then looking at 95, um, you've got... The addiction doesn't count as like it's a classy horror, but it was an indie horror. It was indie. So it doesn't. Yeah. It kind of still straddles. That is, I mean, much like everything else about that movie, it is neither fish nor fowl. Right. But entertaining. Really good, that movie.
0: Yeah, looking at 95, you have some poor performing ones from classic folks like John Carpenter at Village of the Damned, which I still stand by as a pretty cool movie. Never
1: saw it. it It bombed hard. Year prior, uh, in 94, In the Mouth of Madness. Right, which also did not do well. But uh, in in retrospect, it built up an audience after the film. I think it's one of his best films. Oh, no argument. But like nobody says that about Village of the Damned other than you. I'm, I'm yeah, not saying not, wrong. Not. it's wrong very just, few people have even not, bothered to watch it it does but. not
0: have a cult yeah. uh, Vampire in Brooklyn from Wes Craven
1: I kind of like that movie it's a fine movie but it bombed hard oh, oh yeah, yeah. and it thing. deserved <laughs> to bomb hard um, but I kind of like it uh, yeah. Tales from the Hood uh, yeah, the which, first
0: species film the first species um, which the, did well enough to get
1: two sequels, three sequels? Uh, two, the I think two, theatra- two theatrical, or, theatrical and, then and then a bunch of sci-fi oh, channels. Gotcha. ones. No And or maybe the third one was sci-fi channel. I, I knew the second was definitely Def- The second movies. one was definitely theatrical. They actually shot that in Baltimore. Oh,
0: really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tales from the Hood has two sequels. You have Casper for the All Ages. Uh, the
1: Prophecy came out. Yeah,
0: uh, Mel Brooks' last movie, I guess. Dracula Dead and Loving It. Never saw it. It's... <laughs> funnier for horror fans like he does a lot of deep cut references that Mm -hmm. didn't play to the masses like he references like Polanski's Fearless Vampire Killers he references Nosferatu like Mm -hmm. he it was a lot more knowing of what it was ripping on than some of his other stuff but unfortunately it was deep cut reference yeah and it's I I have limited use
1: of Mel Brooks
0: Um, It's not nearly as good as his early stuff, but
1: I think it's better than, like, Men in Tights, Life Stings, stuff like that. Lord of Illusions. Now, what do, do... Is Lord of Illusions, like, the classier elevated horror, or is that just a surprisingly good cheap horror surprisingly good cheap horror that's fair that's fair yeah, yeah. and Ice Cream Man uh, the la- the uh, the last Howling movie for quite a long time at 95 mm-hmm. for you know reasons yeah. that it deserved Halloween The Curse of Michael Myers the last gasp before of like the before the- another reboot before the first major reboot Ugh, so many reboots of that thing yeah some um, of them are even good yeah like uh, Demon Knight demon knight and that's the thing is, like
0: demon knight and like vampire in Brooklyn and all that like the comedy horror was yeah. starting to take off and the following year with the frighteners well and scream too and for, scream yeah to, to, like, comedy and, and horror Again, mm. like, you know... Two great the tastes year...
1: that taste great together.
0: Yeah, but hitting that 10-year mark after, as I mentioned last time, Jason Lives, mm. like, it had come into its own that everybody now seemed, with most of the titles we've mentioned, you need to have at least some camp or comedy. Yeah. Um, you need to be over the top and just entertain folks. Like, you don't have to be that scary. You don't have to be that funny, as long as yeah. you put a little bit of chocolate with your peanut butter mm-hmm people
1: in theory are going to
0: show up and then they weren't
1: yeah and we already you can see it 94 and 95 drastically fewer horror movies than in previous years and i looked ahead in 96 it's even less yeah but we'll talk about was, the 96 more after
0: yeah movie. but the well was pretty damn dry at this point um which is again one of the reasons why this one even with a franchise name like it had
1: just sat just sat on a shelf two years yeah and also because it's remarkably bad from everything I've seen and
0: heard
1: yeah well we'll
0: find out in a moment yeah so yeah um at this point horror was pretty close to dead and but not in the good horror way no this was uh, we're pretty sure horror is sunk to the bottom of that lake and yeah. it's never coming back.
1: No, but maybe there's something in there to lift the chainsaw out of the lake and throw it to a worthy hand again. Yeah. God Jeez. damn it! I want. I like. I keep like. I keep thinking about Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Three. And it's like, it's not good. But I keep wa- like watching it and seeing the good movie it could have been, yeah. or the better I f- movie. I feel
0: like Leatherface is kind of like back in like college going to a party Mm -hmm. and the party itself isn't actually that good like you're you're kind of annoyed people are too loud but every so often something crazy happens and you were there for it and the following week you're just thinking about the crazy parts that happen and the good moments in between Mm -hmm. and you convince yourself it was a good party or a good show you went to or whatever like you want your memory just be sweetened so you're just kind of dumping the bad bits yeah um couldn't just be about Vigo's
1: amazing hair
0: that's the thing you remember the cool people that were at the party and you try and tune out all the Mm -hmm. you know Landos. aww
1: We like what? Blando. Oh, Blando. I oh, thought yeah, you said Lando. Oh, no, no. Like, Lando oh, would be badass at a party. I was just, I'm just, saying. Yeah, these, Lando these, is these, the party. He brings all the Colt 45. Yeah. That's, 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 a, that's a party in a can right, right there. Or a bottle. Excuse mm-hmm. me. <sighs> no, it's Hello. not Lone Star Beer. Which... Wow. No, but you know, we're, I I I I'm convinced that unless you are actually from or the proximity of Texas, it doesn't really hit you as much as well as it's supposed to. It's not like Natty Bo for us. Oh, most everything. Yeah, people don't understand how good that beer is. Mm-hmm. Mainly because it's not. But I miss yeah. it. I miss beer. Can't believe I miss beer. But anyway, uh, give us a sec. We're going to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre on a, on a HBO Max. So if you have the HBO Max, you can get in on this. It's the movie poster with the chainsaw going into the sexy girl's lips. Mm-hmm. I'm moderately concerned about this
0: what we're, we're getting into here. I always felt like it was supposed to be lipstick. Uh... No, it's lips. No, I'm saying like the chainsaw's supposed to be lipstick. Oh. In the poster. Oh, uh, you would have thought they would have like put it more at like an angle. Or Maybe, something? but like the size of it, it's definitely like chapstick sized saw blade to those lips. It is
1: it is a weird image. Yeah. It's giving off sparks. Then again like like maybe it was going for like a, a hair metal 80s music video where everything gave off sparks. Oh yeah. Grass. Yeah, I mean honestly
0: if you were in a hair metal band in the 80s and you didn't know some girls who liked to dance in spark factories.
1: Mm-hmm. I like uh, I like even the uh, the little blurb on HBO Max seems annoyed. Again, young people meet up with the Texas Chainsaw Maskerville and Leatherface. This time they also meet his demented younger brother. It says, it starts with again. Yeah. Jesus. Like,
0: I'm expecting we a little bit of a blurb at the bottom of, so there's that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll catch you in a second. The, the, the thing that sticks in my mind is we never found out what happened to Barry. Huh. Like, he's not even at the dinner party. Yeah, that is just a person that's out of the movie. He just, it's like, it's not even an OJ thing. Like, in The Towering Inferno, where, like, he goes off screen. he's like, says, I have to go do a thing, and then he never comes back. Right, or, like, The Happy Days, uh, the oldest brother. Yeah, it's like, Leather has him. It looks like he's going to try to shove him in the, the floor fridge with Heather, and then we don't even see if that happens.
0: You may be confused why we're jumping in the middle here, but it's because we have no idea where to start on
1: this one. We are so confused. Um, And amazed. This was a hell of a ride this one movie this movie's amazing
0: (laughs) so uh, right off the bat I'm gonna say plot wise I'm reminded of recently discovering uh, Hasbro has a 24-7 loop of old G.I. Joe cartoons and especially towards the end of the run they capture that perfect feeling of being a six-year-old playing with toys mm. of, and then he shows up, and then he says this, and then he says, no, uh, and then they fight, and then this happens, and then this happens. Like, that's the kind of storytelling, not the, well, we need to get the characters here, so we justify it by dropping this, and like, there's no threading. There's no setup to pay off. It's literally just stream of consciousness. Thing happens, thing happens. Wouldn't it be cool if they said this? Wouldn't it be cool if they said that? and I guess I'll jump into it now I realized that this movie's not so much trying to capture horror of the time so much as 100% cash in on uh, the emerging trend, mainly Tarantino but a lot Kevin Smith uh, That because this was Shot in '94, apparently. Yeah. Um, of the dialogue that sounds like real people, but real people who are cool and hip and the what I should have said kind of dialogue. Okay. Like everybody has that perfect snappy line for every moment, even if it doesn't make sense to whatever was just said before it or just said after. Mm. Which, especially like in the first like three years post. Tarantino breaking out like Pulp Fiction and Clerks on the Smith side. This was probably
1: feeding more off of Reservoir
0: Dogs. Probably, but like Reservoir Dogs into true romance and, yeah. uh, and the the Tarantino wave was picking up. That's part of how Smith honestly probably got noticed. Oh, yeah. No,
1: no, no. I'm just saying because it was filmed in 94.
0: Right. Yeah. But I'm saying like just in general it had that flavor of yeah. oh, this is what people want to hear out of characters not... Character just snappy one liner, one liner, one liner, one liner, one liner, one liner.
1: Yeah. And spur part of it before everything goes up completely even, off the rails.
0: Even once it's all off the rails, no line of dialogue seems to be tethered to anything except what would be the cool thing to say in this moment, and none of it adds up. Line to
1: line, I don't know that it would go that far, like at, at the halfway point. Once it becomes more about the family, it there is a maniacal cohesion to what they're saying.
0: There's a consistency, but I don't think that it's actually, I think it's more just happenstance of the situation. Maybe it, I'm disagreeing yeah, with you, you're disagreeing, but either way, I thought it was hysterical.
1: Yeah, there's a uh, like, the character, the Heather character is really just ridiculous from start to finish. All right, so the movie starts at a high school prom, and we're introduced to uh, Jenny and Sean and Barry and Heather. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jenny is played by Renee Zellweger, Sean is played by some dude... Barry and Heather are played by some people yeah Sean
0: looks uh, uh, you had pointed out looks like about to anamorph into any given yeah he could have turned into lead. like a Luke
1: Perry or a Jason Priestley or yeah. Jared Leto or for Dan that a little bit yeah, there, yeah um. definitely with the hair and everything but he's not any of them and yeah. he didn't turn into any of them.
0: Yeah, he's like, he's the starter kit before customizing yeah, into a proper character. Exactly.
1: And so Barry is uh, cheating on Heather because Heather won't point out, which is a point of mean pride. Like, it doesn't sound like she's doesn't want to have sex with him because she's saving herself for something special. She just doesn't want to have sex to him to torture him.
0: And she admits this because, and we're going to backtrack in a second, but she admits this because he, she caught him with another girl and he yeah. said, it's your fault because guys need to have sex. Or
1: else we would get prostate cancer. Yeah. And
0: <laughs> she's arguing, they're in the, I got I to gotta backtrack, I got <laughs> to backtrack. Is, um, this movie's amazing. So. <laughs> He's outside making. She's looking for him He's making out With some other yeah. girl Behind a post And she comes around at, like She's been calling his name Ten feet away yeah. He doesn't notice So she comes around Catches him Storms off He chases after her She gets into her car He climbs into the car With her Gets into
1: his car it's, it's Barry's car. It's Barry's car. Yeah.
0: But either way, she's oh, driving yeah. off yeah, in no, the car. Yeah, she steals his car. He gets into his car in the passenger seat... They're driving away from the prom, arguing about this. At which point, Renee Zellweger pops up and says, "You can't get cancer from not having sex." She's hidden in the back seat of the car, as is Sean, because possibly Sean was getting stoned, even though everybody knows the two of them are not an item.
1: Yeah, and And she's the nerd
0: girl, and there's no sure, fine, why not?
1: This This is is, this is all after we had this like two minute sequence of this one girl talking to Heather who appeared to be on the spectrum in some very elaborate but non-defined way yeah it was and we a, never it was see a, her again. <laughs> it was a strange choice, but it was so. But like she's she's pointedly not making eye contact with anybody, and just mm-hmm. doing and like a she's lot doing weird like things. hand like hand clawing yeah. and like possibly no, it's not like full on stimming, but she's doing something. There's something going
0: on that is one hundred percent not addressed. Yeah, but ha- like I have to mention like
1: I had there was, was a so, choice there. It was so memorable, and I really wish that they should come back. But after we speed away from the prom, we never see any of the high school characters again. We and, never even uh, mention the prom again. We well, have, in their defense, they do get busy. They like, do get they, busy. They, things happen. But yeah. Um, Which, uh, namely, is uh, Heather gets into not one, but two different car
0: accidents. Yeah. Runs a stop sign while they're all arguing about her not putting out being... Uh, the reason he can't, he has to cheat, she accepts that it is her fault. Um, his circular logic keeps blaming everybody else in the car for why he's an asshole and why he cheated. Like, yeah. he's 100% douchebag.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But. I mean, his name is Barry. So, like, right before they get into car accident number two, Heather opines that how it would be amazing if they do get into a car crash and I'll die a fiery death and that songs could be written about them because Heather is my stealth favorite character in the film. (laughs) Um, So, of course, they get into another car accident with what appears to be Courtney Gaines' younger brother. I can see that. Like, or at the very least, a taller Pete of Pete and Pete. (laughs) but so uh, they uh, the, uh, Barry, Heather and Jenny leave Sean to look after the kid uh, when they realize that like they can't uh, move either, the car, either car yeah one doesn't start and the other's stuck mm-hmm. right and this kid, we don't know from anything else. He just... This is the only thing he's in.
0: Yeah, he flew what off else the side of the road. Like, at first I thought it was an attack by the family. Yeah. No, it's just a second It does accident. have the
1: stinger. Like, the minute the car accident happens, we get, like, that screechy uh, sound effect. Noise. Yeah. yeah. It also, we, we should mention that it starts with the obligatory prologue text, which oh, yeah. is very sarcastic.
0: It's... It's read like, uh, and this is going back some years, but when you would call the number to find out what times the movies were showing at any specific theater. A little bit. No, pre-movie phone. Like pre-movie phone. When you actually called the individual theater, oh, and it was an employee just reading Jesus. off of it. Yeah. Now yeah. playing, this weekend, we're going to have... That's how this was read. Yeah. In August of 1973, there was a young girl. there, like, It's no like John Larroquette. No John Larroquette. Like, it was definitely...
1: It, it reeked of 20th take. Have we got this yet? Yeah. And then, like, he gets to two seemingly unrelated, seemingly related incidents, mm-hmm. which are parts two and three, and that uh, just giving them short shrift. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we get screechy noise, car accident, three go off to find help, the other stays. Uh, they do find help in the form of a real estate agent. I, guess? I think, yeah, that's so She talks to about be. commissions named, uh, uh, she's never actually named in the film but she's cred- the character is credited as Darla. Yes. Uh, who has uh, amazing boobs which are immediately pointed uh, noticed by Renee Zellweger and mm-hmm. then Darla go- uh, goes on at length about how she's very happy since she got the implants and she makes double the commission now.
0: Mm-hmm. And then goes um, out of nowhere the window smashes <laughs> a rock lands on the table and she goes over to the window and flashes the people who threw the rock because these kids will do anything to get a look at these so like she doesn't just monologue about no. her breasts
1: she does she, something she, about she does
0: them. something and she we get the gratuitous <laughs> shot of her flashing the kids who threw a rock through her window
1: yeah and they're great uh, and so, but this, but this is all after she calls uh, the local tow truck guy, Vilma, Vilmer, to go uh, help at the wreck. And so while they're waiting, we uh, see Vilmer show up at the car accident site. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean is uh, trying to get uh, the other kid, the other driver, awake, and he's kind of muttering things unconsciously. Vilmer shows up, and it is none other than... Matthew McConaughey mm-hmm. and his robot fucking leg. Yep. He's got a brace on his leg, but it's making and he it's all, it's hooked up to a belt of batteries and he will be periodically adjusting it and or reactivating it with random remote controls. Mhm. Uh-huh
0: that's the thing this movie's amazing this movie's amazing this movie
1: so he just shows up and is just immediately like I'm gonna fucking kill you guys well he shows up and says oh I'm
0: sorry this kid's dead and the other and Sean's like no no he's alive he was muttering just a second ago and McConaughey just look or Vilmer looks down and takes his pulse and then just snaps his neck and then just snaps his neck and he's like dead now yep Probably should be running or something like that. Like, basically, like, challenges him,
1: like, yeah, go for it. Chases him down. With the tow truck. uh, Eventually, like, because he's not, he's not catching anybody in a foot race with a robot leg or no. Mm. No. The robot leg is not... It's not a cool robot leg. Mm-hmm. It is just... Like, there is a giant rubber hose sticking out yeah. the back of it. This is a very improvised, pneumatic horror show of a leg.
0: Mm-hmm. So Sean, oh unfortunately, picks the absolute worst time to take the advice of American Werewolf in London's pub folk. Yeah. And he sticks to the main road. He sticks to the main road. And just... Just keeps, yeah, basically trying to dodge to the side one way or another until he gets clipped and then gets run over, back to over, run over, back to over, run over, back to over. over, back to over. I stop it's counting. It's like six or
1: seven times.
0: Oh, no. It's over a dozen. Oh, my God. It's I stop counting He's just by 10. goo. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Just over and over. At one point, gets
1: stuck on him, I think, and just has to wrap it. Yeah. 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 And, like, the whole time, Matthew McConaughey never shuts up. Like through the whole thing, he's just yammering lunacy mm-hmm. at every given moment. We like, we couldn't write the whole thing down. It's so
0: ridiculous. Yeah, the, uh, yeah like the dialogue through this is reason enough to watch this thing. Yeah, like I I, I couldn't write down the dialogue. Uh, I just couldn't every keep up with it. Line. It, was, it was that's like, why I'm saying every single line had that. We're gonna make this one the line. Yeah. Oh no no! I got the line for yeah. this shot. Yeah
1: but i love it (laughs) yeah oh so uh at this point uh the the remaining teens have gone back out to meet back up with sean now that help is coming and uh barry and heather split off from jenny because they they're uh, chasing down another car to try to get them a ride and heather is complaining the whole time and being amazing uh jenny is walking off with her own flashlight that is, like, at least the size of her arm. Mm -hmm. It's absurd. Uh, at this point... Okay. So, Barry and Heather... Follow this one truck. And, of course, it leads them to what will be the house right. for this movie. Because, obviously, everybody's in on this. Spoiler alert for a movie that is, you know, what, 36 years old? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, like 30, and about, the fourth yeah, series
0: exactly, exactly where this has happened consistently.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so... Nobody's they they know somebody's there because the car the truck is there but nobody's answering the door. Barry goes around the back to 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 uh, try to see if anybody's there. Heather takes a seat on the porch swing, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Start just laughing
0: about it again. Mm. So first off, like the horse swing, <laughs> porch swing thing was a nod to the girl sitting on the swing set out on the lawn in the first one, <laughs> while Barry sneaking through the house gets uh,
1: yeah. hammered to the head.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's,
1: not Barry, the uh, the other guy. Or are you talking about in the first one? Are you talking about this one? In this one too? No, he doesn't get. Yeah, that doesn't happen till much later. I thought that was right no, here. No, 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 because no. there's. The guy oh no, the you're guy, right. You're right. That is after this. But W E shows up.
0: This is when we get introduced to Leatherface.
1: He. Like, it's a full-on Leatherface, like, just giant, big, huge guy, and he just kind of quietly sidesteps into frame behind the porch swig, and Heather's, like, picking her fingernail. Or no, she's, like, looking at her shoes. Yeah. She's her shoes
0: Yeah, and Leatherface keeps, like, touching her hair just <laughs> enough, and she'll just swat at it
1: and miss him. <laughs> he's, it's- like, he's seven foot tall. He's four feet around. It was... He's the one... Like, every board in this porch would be creaking mm, under the weight of this
0: monster. It had... Now, the movie borrows from a lot of movies, but I felt like this sequence was dead on... The family not noticing the monsters in the first half of Saturday the 14th?
1: Never saw. Uh, I'm just going well, go very just correct, correct on this. Fair. Uh, absolutely. I just, it's so Looney Tunes. It is so it's, Warner yeah, Brothers cartoons. It's, great. it's insane. Eventually she notices and freaks out and we get a chase. But in the meantime, Barry has gone into the back and is introduced to W.E., a redneck that read Roger's quotations and uh, just speaks almost exclusively in those
0: yeah which again post Tarantino boom like there's that character who knows all the things and always has the perfect pop culture reference to drop he, you know,
1: you have to understand, folks at home, I'm not going to be re- reacting as much to these uh, Quentin Tarantino observations because I know that Patrick hates Quentin Tarantino and every time but, he's mentioning it, it's a negative. And I love this movie. Here's, and no, Tarantino, goddammit. I am saying,
0: post-Tarantino boom, yeah. these kind of things got greenlit all over the place. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. And, I love things to do in Denver when But you're it's dead. very... The cool thing to say, I don't, there's a, go back and watch giant batches of indie films yeah. from like 93 I, to 98. I like them all. Okay. I'm just saying you see the pattern and you see where this is part of that. Yes. Okay.
1: As long as I, we I got it the first five times you said it. Right. <laughs> you seem to be shutting me down on it. Yeah, because I get it, but I love it. In this, I love it.
0: At the time, I was definitely pretty burnt out on it. Yeah, I I get that impression. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I don't do impressions. My training's in psychiatry.
1: I hate you so much. (laughs) I I, I was, was like, trying to make peace, and then you had to do that. Um, So, W.E. has a shotgun and is threatening Barry immediately. Well, because, you know, I would. If I had a gun and Barry was on my property, it's just like, hey, that's a freebie right there. Like, he just radiates douchebag vibes. Uh, It's like one of those weird times when you side with the murderous psychopaths Mm -hmm. where he's just like, you can kill that one. Yeah.
0: He's (laughs) trespassing
1: and he's an asshole. Exactly. So he gets chased around the house. And we have the first of, like, several instances where the family is thwarted by doors. Yeah. (laughs) not good with doors at all like not just like this one We'll, we'll get like there's a whole there's a whole sequence where Leatherface can't get through a wooden door and he has the chainsaw going
0: and he like he's banging against the door with the chainsaw running and not making a dent then he happens to bust just enough through I think by punching yeah to do a shining nod
1: until that's not enough so then he just rips the whole door off easily yeah there's like one part with the chainsaw and one part without the chainsaw yeah Yeah. he ripped the door
0: off easier than he punched a hole through it
1: with a with a with an active chainsaw it's a wooden door so Barry, get, Barry gets kind of run he gets, he's running around the house and does eventually get thwacked with the hammer yeah. which was nice because it's like oh hammer mm-hmm. uh, Heather uh, me that that's him and that's Barry and W.E. oh no wait <laughs> we forgot the best part <laughs> he gets into the house just puts the uh, sliding bolt lock on and says yeah it doesn't matter I had to pee anyway and proceeds to go to the bathroom as if nothing is happening and only after he turns around he realizes he's surrounded by dead bodies in the tub and like a whole skin like a woman's skin hanging on the back of the bathroom door Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love every single character in this movie (laughs) he discovers he's
0: in trouble then he gets hit with a hammer. Yeah. And then we don't know. That's exactly. where you don't came know. in on yeah. this podcast. Uh, exactly. Yeah.
1: Like Heather, meanwhile, was, uh, he was being, she was being chased by Leatherface and we get like the first, like, uh, another, the first door thing, which is, yeah, he, uh, she locks the door. Uh, one of the inner doors, he cannot bust it down. He punches through one of like the uh, the main uh, panel panels in the in the door, and then eventually rips the door off. And uh, he struggles to throw her into the uh, the floor refrigerator because this is the least impressive Leatherface of yeah, any movie we've seen before. Let's concentrate on Leatherface for a moment. Okay. Uh, first off, the mask and the Tarantino dialogue that he's always espousing. Now you're. <laughs> <laughs> the mask is not great the mask is not great
0: the mask has no color or tone to it has no stitching
1: to it it's just basically kind of a flap of latex yeah the lack of color you could kind of chalk up to the decomposition but you gotta have like it's gotta be gnarlier yeah and like it has the hair of the person as for normal but he has this long tiny tim Weird Al Yankovic-esque curly hair coming yeah. out underneath, which makes it weirder, but it, not in the good way. It basically winds up looking
0: like Diedrich Bader's mullet and Idiocracy. right oh, no, the, office, space, office yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. yeah. That yeah, yeah. Yeah. was a Mike Judge.
1: Sure. But, yeah, like, it's it looks not good. It's not good, and he's always screaming, but not in a threatening way, like in an I'm scared of every single thing way. Mm-hmm and it uh it comes out more later in the film than at this point that i we don't really understand his connection to this family at all no it's like it's like it felt a lot like um, the way Mad Max interacts with characters in uh, Road Warrior Thunderdome and Fury Road and or like how Pyramid Head is featured in Silent Hill even though that manifestation is so specific to the character in Silent Hill 2 right. but it's like he's such a cool thing we have to put him in here like in mm-hmm. A Texas Chainsaw Massacre there is no movie without Leatherface but there, none of the family terms out to be cannibals. Like, at all. Never mentioned. There's no barbecue thing. There's no cannibalism. There's a ton of taxidermy stuff all over the house, but that could just be Leatherface doing his thing. Mm -hmm. I have a theory about it, but we'll come to that later. All right. Uh, But so Heather ends up in the refrigerator... Okay, Heather ends up in the refrigerator and then W.E. and Leatherface get Barry. Heather comes out of the refrigerator, gets unceremoniously put on the hook, a la the first film, Mm -hmm. and Barry has spontaneously disappeared from all existence. Yeah. Yeah there are uh, there are several scenes uh, Wikipedia notes that there are several scenes that were cut out of the film uh, you, you keep talking let me see if that yeah. one of them is Barry yeah because we literally like
0: that's the end of Barry um, so sorry to you know shoot Chekhov has gone on the first thing we mentioned on this uh, it's fine. so early in. it's fine let um, so yeah, uh, Danny McBride hair uh, leather face is
1: McBride there.
0: <laughs> is chasing now? For a lot of the case, a lot of the chases, the music tends to be, you know, your rock kind of stuff. Your like hair metal. A lot of the stuff you would find in a lot of well horror movies. That always if it, it, it sounded very nineties. Like, it sounded like very. Nice. There were brief moments of a score. And I don't know if you picked up on the score at all, but it sounded like a weird blend of a cat wandering across a synthesizer. <laughs> in a bad way? <laughs> Not in a good way. Oh. Um, but like, if Brian Eno produced a cat walking on a
1: synthesizer... Dude, that would sound awesome in your <laughs> if it went poorly well, it was like Brian I'm, I'm Brian not, Eno produces cat piano yeah
0: it, it just it, it. Not a great score. I can see why they cut to other stuff. Oh, And gotcha. another, um, towards the end of the film, there's a car chase, and instead of it being rockin', 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 because end of the movie, gotta pump you up, yeah. the song instead is just kind of a light blues song. Yeah. It's the kind of song that John Landis would drop in a scene when the heroes are licking their wounds. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, just kind of like a B.B. King. The, the bar is starting to turn on their lights as people are going home. And that's that's the climactic car
1: chase song. Yeah, um, there is, there's honest to God no explanation for what happens with Barry. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, not in Wikipedia, not in the IMDb. According to Wikipedia, the director's cut was only seven minutes longer uh, had a lot more gore, a lot more character reactions and also an opening, uh, backstory scene with Jenny and her stepfather, uh, showing that, uh, he, uh, like, she has gone through a lot of domestic abuse and violence and so, which kind of explains why she's able to deal with everything more efficiently. I suppose, right? but... I that's, what the, that's what the thing says. I don't...
0: That's definitely giving the movie credit.
1: Yeah, so that's Barry and Heather. We cut back to Jenny, uh, who's still on the road. Her shake weight of a flashlight has stopped working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Vilmer shows up, and... He picks her up, and it's just immediately verbally abusive to her. Like, yeah. There's no tomorrow. Yeah. Basically. Uh, you don't know what you're doing. You're not yeah. scared yet. You're an
0: idiot. You're going to be scared. You're going to, yeah. Like, why don't you take a look in the back? Like, he has no pretense of trying to convince her otherwise. No, no. He just immediately says, look in the back. Oh, there's Sean and the other guy yeah. just hanging dead off the tow hook.
1: Yeah. And then, to her credit, she jumps out of the car and starts running. Yes. We like Jenny. At this point, she's running through
0: a field in a chase very reminiscent of Halloween 5. Yes. Uh, This movie's seen a lot of movies. This
1: movie has seen a lot of movies. There are
0: so many little bits through the whole thing just kind of taken from, oh, they want us to make, uh, what have other horror movies been doing lately? Uh, Okay, yeah, let's use that. Um, Shit, shit, shit. We need, uh, yeah, let's use that.
1: Yeah, I like how it all culminates in. We don't know how to get Jenny like. T- we don't know how to come uh, conclusively end Vilmer and Leatherface. Let's do the North by North crop dusting scene. Uh huh. This movie's amazing. This movie is yeah. amazing. So, um, the, uh, let's on the, well, the crop dusting
0: while we're here. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, there's a plane going back and forth, and we're not sure if it's a good guy or a bad guy.
1: It's dusting a bear, a, a field of grass. There's the no drops.
0: Yeah. And it, z- it dips down, and Vilmer looks up, and then you see blood hit the bottom of the plane, and then he's laying dead on the ground. The yeah. plane just comes down and just clips his head off and then yeah. flies
1: away. Yeah, we never even cut to the pilot like making the decisions like, oh, that girl's in trouble or something mm-hmm. like that that and then uh There's yeah, just to do the uh, it's kind of like the uh, the helicopter mass murders in uh, like 28 weeks later mm-hmm. or uh, Planet Terror fair I
0: was thinking more I get like Axe Cop of and then they're running and then a plane comes down and cuts his hat off and oh, yeah, then
1: yeah, no 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 no. I, uh, no I'm just saying that's what it looked like right, like gotcha. that's All what right. I uh, that's what I assume happens because we don't see it cuts away before you know conclusively how it got him it got Vilmer um but so Jenny gets out. She's uh, back in, back in, back in the middle of the film. Uh, Jenny gets out of the car, runs away, is being chased by Vilmer in the t- tow truck. Cleverly, hides in the woods where the car can't go. But unfortunately, Leatherface, oddly enough, is armed with a chainsaw, mm-hmm. which can cut wood. And so well, at the thirty-eight minutes. It can bar, cut live wood. It cannot cut doors. Cannot cut doors.
0: What that's its one weakness. Fuck. Uh,
1: I'm no good at dead fauna. It just doesn't work on wood that's already been cut. <laughs> it can only cut virgin wood. Dear God. So. Then, okay, so the sequence that follows is. In a movie of amazing and astonishing things, this whole sequence is incredible, where Leatherface is, like, once again, Renee Zellweger... Gets into the house before Leatherface and manages to stop Leatherface by locking the wooden door. And this uh-huh. is the uh, the second, or this is the second time Leatherface is thwarted by the door. And the first time he manages to get it open by really going nuts with the chainsaw on this door. Like, don't get me wrong, the chainsaw should do it. It shouldn't take this much effort. Renee Zellweger runs up the stairs. Finds a taxidermied body of a police officer with the pistol with the revolver still in the holster. She grabs that. She runs back down the stairs, aims it at the Leatherface. Leatherface screams in abject t- terror because Leatherface is a big wimpy 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 in this whole yeah. entire movie.
0: Oh, also, uh, Leatherface full drag most of this movie, not yet
1: at this point. No, no. No, it's uh, it's coming. Right. Uh, so, gun, obviously empty. She throws it. He he chases her back up the stairs. She runs full force out of a second story window. Lands. On the roof, demonstrates herself as a nod to the first one. Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, Leatherface gets uh, Comes up to the roof, starts giving chase. She's going up and down this roof, which is surprisingly hilly and expansive. Leatherface, being needing to drag the thing out just a little bit longer starts going nuts with the chainsaw on the brick chimney which apparently the chainsaw has no problem with brick it's blowing this thing apart the bricks are flying like bricks are no like problem like Jenga yeah it's like Jenga bricks uh, except Jenga bricks are wood so yeah would, and then it God. wouldn't be able to work it God be able to how did they pull not, this not, off not the pre-cut wood it doesn't do pre-cut oh. wood damn it uh, Reneza Elwicker goes down the roof and starts climbing onto a very odd-looking aerial antenna that is more vertical than horizontal. She starts using this as a ladder. At first glance, not a great plan. Leatherface starts going nuts on that aerial antenna. But, as it turns out, Renee Zellweger was using it to climb onto some high tension wire that is going from the house to somewhere else. Uh, She climbs onto that. uh, She climbs onto the wire just as Leatherface trashes the aerial for the final time. She is suspended seemingly in midair holding onto this wire and Leatherface, of course, takes the chainsaw to the wire causing her to fall through a greenhouse. Mm -hmm. She gets up! takes, she kind of gives herself a minute because she doesn't hear the chainsaw or anything. It's like, huh. and then she starts going as she quietly walks out of the greenhouse, but at this point, the chainsaw is back. Leatherface crashes through everything. Because again, as long as it's not pre-cut wood, this chainsaw cuts through everything like, butter! We She gets chased by Leatherface for let's say conservatively, two miles. Mm -hmm. She is running barefoot. Ends up, she sees the realtor office. (laughs) She turns a blind corner after all of this and face plants as she runs through this pile of trash. It's just like... (laughs) After all of that, this garbage bag completely lays her out. Yeah, like... (laughs) <laughs> really we had to watch it again. Like, I want an
0: animated GIF of it. Uh, oh, she, my it just, God! You see? This over her head and everything. Was like, yeah. It was very clearly, we <sighs> need to get the trip on garbage shot. Like, there's this... <laughs> pile of clearly set garbage. It's lit. Like, it's it's brightly highlighted. If this was a video game, that pile of garbage would have contained a weapon for the next level. Yes! And she just comes around the corner and completely just eats shit away. (laughs) Like, just wipes out. It's
1: hysterical. It's amazing. Oh, my God. This is the greatest movie.
0: That we, Yeah,
1: that ruined us for a couple minutes. It really did. Um, oh, my God. But then it turns out Darla, the real estate agent, mm-hmm. is, of course, in on the whole thing. And she calls W.E. Mm-hmm. to come collect the girl. And he shows up with a cattle prod and is just zapping everything that moves, mm-hmm. including Leatherface, who at this point, or no. Leather Leatherface is still at the house, but he will be in drag by the time they get there. Um, she, <laughs> she, she puts she puts Renee Zellweger in the trunk and then proceeds to go pick up pizza and burgers and uh, soda. And like in the
0: drive-through, <laughs> opens the trunk and yells at her for making so much <laughs> noise. Pokes an air hole in her bag, has a long conversation while immediately behind her, cops, cops. Watching the whole thing, like, one of us should say something. Yeah, I
1: guess mm-hmm. so. And the one yeah. walks up and... Well, what you got in the truck there? You don't want to know. And then he doesn't ask. Yeah. They do? Wait, so but then they're, like, following him? Well, following they her? follow
0: her for a little bit and then just kind of speed on past yeah. because... Who cares? They didn't actually care. They were just on the same road because same... Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but then on the way back to the house, uh, Darla stops the car because Heather is in the middle of the road. mm -hmm. Heather, if you recall, attentive listeners, we last saw on the hook how does she get off the hook how does she get out of the house how does she stumble onto the road
0: oh, no idea barry probably knows but where is he no idea not a clue no clue whatsoever again and then they're driving around her and then heather's in the road what heather's in the road and there's a dinosaur we can't put dinosaurs in there Th- okay. this works so
1: much better in house soon. Yeah. Oh, God. But so, Heather, not knowing that Darla, Darla's in on everything, asks her for help. And she's like, okay, yeah, let me just get a blanket so that you can get into the car. Darla, see, yeah, 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 it's coming. Darla proceeds to look around for a good-sized stick. And then starts giving her the gentlest taps on the head with yeah. the stick. Just like, like eh. Like,
0: just... Like the foley artist was basically getting,
1: like that <laughs> soft, not a, nope, yeah, and she's like, now now stop it, you're coming back to the house. It's like okay, yeah. but like I mean I I seriously, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. I think the stick this thing record. is
0: just as funny as the trash pile.
1: Yes. It just, yes, it is. It's just... It's just... It's, just, it's so elaborate. And it's, it's just, It's got the ferocity of, it's the claw. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. It's like the part in a Kung Fu Hustle when the frog guy has beaten uh, Stephen Cho within an inch of his life. And then, like, from off camera, like, the guy is just looking down on him. And from off camera, you see Stephen Cho lift, like, the smallest little stick and give a... Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yes. (laughs) I don't understand why, but she does. And so, Darla gets back to the house. Leatherface gets, uh, Renee Zellweger out of the trunk. And at this point, he is in the, uh, the grandmother drag. Right, yeah. That's where the drag starts showing up. Um, and according to, uh... Theorists about the people that have researched this in uh, the LGBT, LGBTQ uh, lens, they noted that Leatherface takes on the personality of whatever he is we- or whoever he is wearing in this movie. Like, more so than in previous films. Gotcha. Which okay. explains, like, when he's an old lady, he's much more... Uh, docile. Docile, and then when he's uh, in the fancy, uh, the, the model outfit at the end of the movie, he's still threatening, but, you know, not full-on, like... Monster Man threat. Gotcha. Okay. Which is an interesting theory. Yeah. Uh, As with every single theory about this movie, it is not substantiated by anything in the film because there is no consistency about anything for it to be substantiated. Which, speaking of theories... Yeah. Um... Darla has
0: a theory about Vilmer oh my that he may in fact be an alien. Yep. Um, she also believes that he is in league with the same people who've been running the governments and the worlds for the past thousand or two thousand years. She can't remember. Can't, doesn't, yeah. yeah I, it's not that I can't remember. No. She specifically she, says she can't, can't remember, remember on her own theory. Um, but she's probably, like, he's he may be in league with the FBI or, but there is something beyond just Vilmer. He is supported. Yeah. He got the robot leg from
1: he somewhere. got the robot leg from somewhere. And and if you recall, the name of his, the name on his truck is Illuminati Wrecking Company. That's right. So, I mean, it's all right there, people. It's all right there. Uh, so, what, okay. Trigger warning. Like, at this the next, like, 20 minutes to a half hour of this movie is really rapey without actually having rape.
0: Right. But it's, th- the threat yeah. is looming
1: openly. Like, Wilmer, uh, Matthew McConaughey is like, going for it in ways that are really gross and disgusting. And he's just perpetually in Renee Zellweger's face, yelling at her and being abusive and being terrible. All throughout the whole time, like, Jenny is still kind of, like, maintaining, uh, like, a decent amount of composure, yeah. all things considered, yeah. and, like, calling them on their bullshit and just trying to get away mm-hmm. the entire time which I respect, there's an extended sequence where, like, she gets a hold of a shotgun and it's a whole big, you know, mind game as to, like, is it loaded? Is it not? Obviously, no. It's well, like, one, one the the first pull is unloaded, the second pull is loaded, it's so, which is know, not really sneaky, how it goes, sneaky, sneaky, okay. sneaky. Um, yeah, this is our big, like, as you pointed
0: out, Rocky Horror kind of ending where, yeah, everybody's been captured, um, Jenny is sat at the table. Mm-hmm. Heather is just laying
1: on the ground, I think.
0: Uh, no, she's at the table, she too. She is at the table, right? Yeah, she eventually. she gets
1: uh, immolated.
0: Yeah, she's yeah. at the table. They pour uh, gasoline all over, drop a match. She runs to the hallway, hits a wall... They put her out, and then ultimately, Vilmer just stomps her head with the robot leg.
1: Yeah, he turns the robot leg up to 11, and it crunches her skull. Yeah. Um, Off camera. Yeah, off camera. Like, yeah, everybody has gotten into, or all the women characters have gotten into fancier dress. Like, they've changed the dress that Jenny was in from her prom dress to this new shinier Mm -hmm. material dress. Leatherface is in like a much more like supermodel looking uh, skin. Yeah. And uh Heather is wearing this purple satin number that has like these straps all over her, like as if they're like kind of like leather bondagey type straps. And it looks amazing. Um but yeah, this dinner is going horribly for everyone. Like, at one point, Jenny's laughing at how ridiculous everything is and how it's stupid. hmm And that's when the door, the, the limo pulls up. Oh, and Grandpa gets door. up before that, doesn't he? Okay, so... As with every Texas Chainsaw Massacre, at the dinner scene, there is a desiccated corpse that we're referring to as Grandpa. And uh, as you pointed out, it looks like the corpse of Michael J. Pollard. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just sitting there, motionless the entire time. WE is talking at him the entire time because WE is talking at everybody at all points. It's really annoying. Oh, oh wait, yeah, now we find out what happens to him. But at one point, Uh, after like Vilmer is really like reaching new heights of ridiculousness this thing gets up and quietly walks away and I nearly shat my pants (laughs) like I like Patrick can attest I just went shit I was not expecting that guy to be
0: alive no and then once we found out he was alive I was expecting something to be done
1: about it no Nah, just no, that's it. That's, just, uh, just, just, just. Uh, so. just. This is, uh, this is where I get off. But then the limo shows up, mm-hmm. and the limo has a uh, Mr. Rothman, who immediately starts berating Vilmer for how silly the movie has gotten. Yeah, and, and go ahead. And states the mission statement that he had for Vilmer. I want these people to know the meaning of horror. Yeah. Not you don't want to be a silly boy. Do yeah. You? And at this point, it's basically the prototype for *Cabin in the Woods*. Yeah. In terms of like the uh, the veil, the the curtain being pulled back. In terms of yes, this is a horror movie. We want it to be a horror movie. We have an audience we are trying to satisfy, and goddamn it, we are not living up to our end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's uh, that was part of my theory about. They hired Leatherface. Like, Leatherface was... made. Like, they he got away from the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And now and he's Rothen just got these him up, And he just put him in with Vilmer and these people who have no connection to them. And also why they're not cannibals and stuff. Leatherface is a foster child. Exactly. Interesting. I mean, it's as good a theory as any for this movie. Because, again... Yeah. Nothing, this is like the the... The the best way to prepare for this movie is to watch the opening monologue from the movie Rubber, where uh, Steve uh, Stephen McCullough I forget what his name, what the actor's name is, but he he's in Ravenous and he's always good, uh, just explains that it doesn't make sense, nothing makes sense, mm-hmm. this is just it. Why are you asking? Why worry about it? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, Rothman. Uh, proceeds to uh, undo his tie and start unbuttoning his shirt at which point I jokingly shouted at the scream is his body a road map of pain and then he opens up his shirt to reveal that yes! Yes it is! He has ritualistic scarification on his body and three brass rings pierced in them? Yeah. Like, it was kind of like, it looks like if you factor out the blood and the leather, it kind of does resemble Pinhead's abdomen. I can see that. Uh, with just, like, the things being cut yeah. into it and not. And uh, he proceeds to, he just starts licking all over René Zellweger's face. Mm-hmm. Now. Again, really rapey this part of the movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: Now, to dive in on their role as the power behind the killers that we've been following through this franchise mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we got the same payoff we did in again Halloween 5 which this movie clearly watched oh the, the like, cult of the thorn the, the cult of the thorn and the man in black showing yeah. up and oh yeah. there's a secret behind this because X-Files is popular right now yeah and yeah, definitely.
1: there's nothing done they're there. trying to like, add, like we're trying to give the uh, a a series of films that never needed depth depth yeah and it fails miserably yeah this is not this is not the framework for depth no
0: and we are connecting way more things than the movie itself did
1: oh god yeah 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 um despite it being kind of well made like you can't say that kim Hankel didn't put thought and care into this movie
0: because it kind of looks good. It kind of looks good. It's hit and miss on the look and the yeah. editing. Um, yeah, that's true. But, honestly, even the look of the movie, actually,
1: I would say it looks more like Halloween 4. Yeah, because Halloween 5 it just looks like shit. Yeah. I, I hate Halloween 5. Like, I don't particularly like many of the Halloween movies, but Halloween 5 really fucking sucks it just does yeah but even like just the way like this one was lit shot framed all yeah. that yeah
0: yeah but, no. but it's, like it borrows from both of those pretty Oh, highly. definitely definitely. yeah
1: like overall like this movie felt very early to mid 90s in just tone and look and vibe like that that may have, a lot of that may have been the soundtrack but also just the look of the teenagers. Yeah. Who were as far as I can tell really all Texas locals. Like Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey are from Texas. Which yeah. was kind of nice. But um so uh in response to uh, Rothman telling him to take things up a notch, uh, Vilmer crushes Heather's head, as we mentioned, but of course it's off screen because, God forbid, we show gore in our gore movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she got set on fire. Then he, uh, take, get takes the hammer to WE's face. He, he gets taken out with a hammer, doesn't he? He gets taken out with a hammer, but I think he was just knocked out. I don't think he was killed, killed. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. It uh, yeah. doesn't matter. We never go back. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at this point, Renee Zellweger manages to get out of the house for the third time and starts running away. And uh oh, she managed she has a fight with Vilmer in which they both have competing remote controls fucking with the robot leg.
0: Yeah, and it's just literally the two of them laying on the ground. He's grabbed her by the ankle and they're both hitting the remote buttons as his leg is twitching like crazy as Darla is just kind of perched up on the couch, just
1: writhing. Yeah. She's just gyrating for no apparent reason. Her
0: face is out of frame for most of it, but she's just, I I don't know what's going on up there. like We were trying to sort it out. Nothing.
1: Yeah, we rewound it. We could not figure it out, but Renee's Bellwinger gets out of the house and uh, then we're introduced to the Mr. and Mrs. Spottish. Mm-hmm. This is a kindly old couple driving a Winnebago on this like let's be real. This road goes nowhere. This is yeah. a, a this is the back road of a back road of a back road in nowhere, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, So I don't know how they end up on this road. It it aspires to be a driveway. That's how
0: thin this road is. Like
1: in Jeepers Creepers, they do a good job of establishing this is one of those highways or highways that goes very deep into every single county it is a legit road but it goes through so much farmland and everything that you can find yourself in wide stretches of nowhere yeah this is just nowhere yeah. there's nothing anywhere like I, I, I don't understand it um but so Renee Zellweger tries to stop them Miss Mrs. Mrs. Spottish correctly assesses don't stop yeah uh, but it's only it's only when um, she uh, Renee Zellweger is like desperately trying to open the door that they notice that oh Leatherface is running after them with yeah. the uh, with a chainsaw as is Vilmer and then the crop dusting plane yeah
0: now crop dusting planes circling at this point.
1: Um, It's not... Like, you see it spray something, but You see
0: it flying.
1: Oh, yeah, no, 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 I'm not disagreeing. I'm I'm just repeating or reiterating. It's crop dusting no crops. Yeah. There's nothing for it to dust. I think, like, some of the
0: insert shots were basically to say, oh, no, that was in the shot on purpose. It's not like... You know, in Troy, where you see a plane flying in the background because they forgot to digitize it out. That sucks. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> it just does. Oh, yeah. I'm not, sorry. Not, not about it. Um, but, yeah, so they want to make sure you know the plane's there on purpose. Yeah. Which is weird foreshadowing for I, this movie. It's, it's one of the few nice. times. I it. it was nice. But, meanwhile, um, Zellier gets onto the RV... Uh, Leatherface falls behind, and then kind of nodding to the like the opening of part two. Leatherface is on yeah, top okay. of the pick, on top of the tow truck, right, and they're side by side. Leatherface attacking the RV until the RV hits a giant pile of sticks mm-hmm. and does a up in the air yeah. jump flip roll, awesome. uh, like. Fighter 13 Part 6. Yep. Uh, but yeah, like, does flip up in the air, lands on its side, Zellweger gets out, and.
1: Oh, that's when the foot chase happens.
0: That's when the foot chase happens. That's when the plane clips Wilmer Somehow. And Leatherface is almost up to Renee,
1: and then a limo pulls up. And hey, wouldn't you know it, it's Rothman. The creepy guy behind everything and then they have a quiet conversation in which rothman expresses his disappointment in the film so far
0: and it says i'm sorry things didn't work out like we thought but don't worry you have nothing to fear would you rather go to a hospital or the cops
1: she opts for the hospital And in the hospital, she is uh, telling her story to a police officer played by the actor that played Grandpa in the original film, as we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. And uh, as he is... Uh, Musing, what in the hell is going on here Uh, a patient on a gurney is is uh, pushed by and that patient is none other than Marilyn Burns the actress that played Sally Hardesty uh, from the first film and she is being pushed by Paul Partain who played Franklin Mm mhm uh and we then, don't know what the connection is, if there is any. The But they, they make eye contact and... Very pointedly.
0: Yeah, and then the cop says, do you know who that is? Do you know what's going on? And but, like, the do you know who that is almost yeah. was, hey, audience, you know who that
1: was? That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's legit. Wow. That's legit. And then the movie ends, and there's a really nice fiddle piece of music on the uh, on the credits that I had to sit through the entire thing because I just enjoyed it. Yeah. And then the uh, in the credits at the ba- on the bottom, it's copyright nineteen ninety four. The Return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. the original title. And also in the special thanks, they uh, special thanked. Cut right, cut right saws, which was the na- which was the store that left, uh, that uh, stretch, uh, no, lefty, lefty, lefty yeah. got his uh, chainsaws from, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. So I guess that's a real store. Yeah, or that's what? Awesome. Yeah, and so ends uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation, which. Uh, that was a delight. That was so much more fun than I was expecting.
0: Like, it's Amityville 2 vibes. Yeah. Except I, I still think Amityville 2 was better on its intent. Oh, I yeah. Think. Oh, like, the, the, it, yeah. it set it up and paid
1: itself off. Yeah, 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 yeah Like, yeah. this but one stumbled so headlong into some fun stuff. but Yeah, just, like, unexpectedly, this movie is going for it. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. It is... Dumber than shit, but really entertaining at every at every step of the way. Yeah. Like I was never bored watching never this. Never bored and
0: laughed out loud quite
1: a few times, uh, but in the good way. Yeah, in the in, well, yeah, the good way, the good way. Yeah. <laughs> now I was gonna say like, it's because it was on purpose. No, none of it was mm-hmm. on purpose, but it was it yeah. was the good way. <laughs> like if you want to play
0: a game randomly, play a scene. And listen to a line of dialogue, pause, and then imagine the actress saying, okay, what's my motivation here? Yeah. Like, I don't know, make it sound good. Make it sound good.
1: Yeah. Renee Zellweger, in interviews, uh, not only did not disown the movie, but said she had a lot of fun making it. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though she she believed that most of the things they were doing during the filming were probably illegal in some way, because Mm -hmm. it was kind of like guerrilla filmmaking, But it was her first real movie. Like, she'd done... She was uncredited in a couple of other things, but this was her first, like, actual character and a starring role and everything, Mm -hmm. and so she was very proud to uh, be carrying a movie like that and uh, I, think I think she did a great job through the whole
0: yeah, thing. Yeah, no, she was definitely game. She went for it. Um, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew, oh, he absolutely Ooh. went for it. Wow. And, and I, I liken it to when James Cameron talks about Piranha 2. I remember seeing an interview where somebody's like, it's like, wow, you've come a real long way from like Piranha 2 to Spawning, huh? And he's like, oh, I'm excuse me?
1: Yeah.
0: You find me a better movie about flying killer fish. Yeah and at first you know good enough comeback but he basically went on to say like When you're making small-budget movies, you have to work hard. You have to fight to get the thing done. And it doesn't matter if you're making, you know, War and Peace or Piranha 2. Honestly, when you have no money to work with and you've got to pull off effects and stunts and all that kind of stuff, you work harder and you become a better filmmaker. And I've... forces you to be creative. Yeah. He's like, any real filmmaker worth their salt probably came from low-budget schlock. Yeah. Yeah, if you can make if you can make this good, then when you can actually make your own thing, you're gonna be just that much stronger. God.
1: And yet, he Gareth Evans made that Godzilla movie. Too much, too much at once. It was there was it wasn't a ladder. It was a leap. It was like I I watched monster. Like when I heard that, like I, I like I'd seen monsters the low budget monster movie with Scoo McNary that -hmm. he had made and then when I heard he got Godzilla I was like oh man this is going to be great like imagine what he can do with the budget and everything and he made the exact same movie again with the exact proportion of monsters on film yeah it was so annoying but yeah no like James Cameron is absolutely correct like that just speaks to a work ethic regardless of what your job is do it as well as you possibly can that's the only thing you can hope to do
0: yeah I mean I've pointed out before like before he was directing he was doing a lot of effects work and just in general work for Corman Studios Mm -hmm. Um, got to know John Carpenter and the computerized grid at the beginning of Escape from New York Mm -hmm. James Cameron made that Oh. Effect. Um, and they didn't have the money for computer animation. Oh, no, it was just animation. <laughs> no. What? What he did to get the computer flyby at, for the beginning of the movie, uh-huh. he built a cardboard New York, spray painted it black, put glow tape and grids <laughs> on it, and they just did a pass through with a the oh, camera. There is zero animation to that oh, computer grid. Awesome. It's literally just a vision. it's just a practical effect. Oh, that's so good. Because you need to
1: know how to make the best thing look yeah right oh it's so cool so in the following year uh there's maybe like 20 horror movies that were released yeah like at all uh they again uh keep ranging from your prestigious shit uh, shit to your shit shit and to your middle shit so we have like the vampirella movie came out that year Uh, year. yeah like tremors two Which Um, is not bad
0: But also straight to video Like it's a lot of Straight to video On this list Yeah Thinner came out bordello of blood uh we have oh. scream first off bordello of blood I like bordello of blood. i don't but i have an early draft of the script which is so much better and i think i don't like the movie because they wrote out a lot
1: of the fun in that yeah that's fair yeah uh so the probably the most important movie was scream yeah it came out in 1996 and thus uh uh redirected the horror movie efforts for the rest of the the decade mm-hmm. and it was
0: it was the first horror take really on Again, post-Tarantino boom, characters in movies have seen movies. Yeah. Like, you can know what a genre is, mm-hmm. even when you find yourself in that situation. And it, yeah, it basically said, like, horror's not working. The rules are the rules, and everybody sticks so closely to them. They're not scary anymore. They're not interesting yeah. anymore. How do we play the rules against the characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, of note, I, I was kind of impressed. Their Le Contropo came out, which I've never seen, but dude, Paul Nashie was still making those werewolf movies. Wow. Uh, um, you have Hell, Hellraiser Bloodline, the last of the, the theatrical releases. The Frighteners. Uh, From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Which is written by Quentin Tarantino. Arguably. <laughs> not arguably. No, uh, you not cannot pull that shit. Uh, Rodriguez did do uh, rewrites on it. I'm not saying he didn't uh, do rewrites. I'm just saying you can't go on and on about Quentin Tarantino dialogue and then act like that's not what's in From Dust Till Dawn. The two of them
0: worked I on major rewrites. So I read the original, it I read the first so draft much. screenplay at the time uh-huh. and it's basically Assault on Precinct 13 like in some parts like two, three pages yeah. literally word for word just plagiarized from Precinct 13.
1: Yeah. It still is.
0: So, really, John Carpenter wrote
1: From Nestle no Don. I fucking. <laughs> uh, frighteners. Uh, um, the Dentist. God, mm-hmm. The Dentist was a pretty good little movie. Yeah. Uh, Carl well, Bernson was really good mm-hmm. in that one. Yeah. The Craft. The oh, Craft baby. was a
0: studio success. Um, but like, again, straight to video, uh, Amityville, Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Um, Theatrical Lawnmower Man 2. I can't oh, believe man.
1: that came out in theaters, God. And. Did that
0: come out that year? I'm mm-hmm. not seeing it
1: on this list. What? I'm not seeing Lawnmower Man 2 on this yeah. list. Yeah, uh, either Beyond Cyberspace or Jobs War, depending on the poster you got. No, yeah, like it's not even. Mm-hmm. like, Yeah, anyway. Yeah,
0: and then just another one, like More it's a ton out. of straight to video stuff. for God. That was, was like 12. Straight years. to video. Two was the last theatrical for those. That's two too many. Uh, um, I'd say not a box office success, but probably outside of screen. Mm. For as, as far as influencing filmmakers to come, uh, Henry Portrait was Serial Killer. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, I've, the 96? No. No? No. That's what I've got. Uh, what was that what do you got the Henry oh no that's <laughs> Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer part two me. Never mind. okay yeah that was, <laughs> that was cut off my bad yeah I think, okay yeah it's <laughs> that's
1: that's like still. 1986 is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer
0: <laughs> yeah okay wow <laughs> my bad my bad yeah <laughs> totally wrong no worries then uh yeah then let's just go with uh, Scream's the most important movie that year oh it definitely Otherwise. is definitely definitely yeah. is no, no argument and just as a fun movie, Uncle Sam. I've
1: never gotten around to that. It's fun. Yeah. I want you dead. Mm-hmm. Or is it to die? It's, I think it's I want you dead. I think it's I want
0: you dead. Yeah. 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 So and I, I think Tom Stern co-wrote that, uh, who was one of the co-writers of Freaked? Oh, nice. Yeah. So. But yeah, so. So horror was definitely in a bad, bad, bad spot until December of 96.
1: Yeah, and yet we wouldn't get another uh, Texas Chainsaw for another, well, if we're going by the year that it was made, it would be like another eight years because wasn't Mm -hmm. the next one, that's in 2003 or 2005 maybe. Yeah. Uh hold on. It's uh go to the Which is the just the remake, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The, the next the one pla- is the,
0: the Platinum Dunes, yeah. Yeah. Uh since, since Master Series, so,
1: For this one being Uh this uh, yeah, it's uh so this was made uh it's listed as being made in ninety five. Uh the next one would be October two thousand three, the uh the remake. All right, so we go from just
0: a shade above straight to video to big budget all star. Well, yeah. Some star cast. Yeah. Um, but yeah. major. So like, the hmm? Jessica Biel was a name by them. Jessica Biel was a name. Arlie yeah. Army was a name, but a lot of the cast was yeah. fill in. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. what's
1: interesting is like it skips over the Scream era. Like there, there really isn't any Scream in the in the remake. Yeah. You know, like it this- kind of jumps over the whole ironic teen slasher Uh, boom.
0: Yeah, which is weird because uh, I think you had mentioned while we were watching this that the writer-director had intended all the characters to be exaggerated archetypes. Uh, In this
1: one, yeah, Kim Henkel definitely did. So, so yeah, I guess this is the one that is the most scream-like. This is the most, like... It's postmodern before that was really. Yeah. It was in the air. Yeah. And, and yeah. Like, so they were, Kim Hankel was uh, kind of feeling it. Yeah. A portent, portent of indeed. things to come. To be perfected with Scream yeah at first. Ah. Scream's a good movie. Really is. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, get out.
0: If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show. Or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com.